بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 18th of january in the year 2024 and already is the seventh night of the blessed month of rajab so we pray to almighty allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he blesses us in our months of rajab and shaaban and convey us safely to the holy month of ramadan amen and i've completed a week the seventh night Now we're discussing the important subject of the journey of the soul after death. And the last thing I mentioned was the honor given to the believer who successfully passes his trial, his last trial in the grave. So just to add a few things before moving on. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Tabarani, Behaqi, Ibn Abidunya, Ibn Abu Asim in his As-Sunnah, number 866, Ad-Dur Al-Mantur 4-81. The believer says, Let me go and fetch my family and property, <laughs> so that they may also now share in these incredible blessings. The angels, alayhi salatu wasalam, answer, Remain here. Subhanallah. <laughs> So here the addition is mentioned that when you see all this honor given to you, i.e. the furnishings of paradise, the blessings of paradise, and what Allah has blessed you with, you remember your family. <laughs> and you say, let me go and fetch my family. <laughs> in other words, let them also share in these blessings. But of course, this is for you. <laughs> so the angels respectfully respond, stay here. So now what's interesting, who are these angels? <laughs> or the Karam and Kaatibin the trial is over so this also indicates that you are now in the angelic realm the angels are there to serve you alayhi salatu wasalam and also how eager are you to enter paradise there's a report in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Bazaar and Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullahi authenticates it in As-Sahiha number 3394 Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wasallam that when the door of paradise opens he will attempt to rise towards that door but the angels will say to him rest i.e. sleep then his grave is made spacious for him so this adds a detail so in this authentic report You're, you're trying to enter paradise. But notice it doesn't say you enter paradise. The door opens, you can see what Allah has prepared for you. And you attempt to enter. But the angels, alayhi salam, they say rest. And then the grave is made spacious, meaning that of course it's turned into a garden of paradise. And also, Sayyidina Anas, radiyallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi salam, He is shown a dwelling in the fire and he is told this could have been your dwelling in the fire but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected you, bestowed mercy upon you. He substituted it for you with a house in paradise. His grave is then expanded for him to 70 cubits and is filled with greenery until resurrection day. He says allow me to convey this good news to my family. He is told rest, i.e. sleep. 
So this is a combined report from Anas. The first is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 1388-1374. Sayyid Muslim, number 2870. The second was recorded by Abu Dawud Ahmed. And Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sayyid in As-Sahihah, number 1344. So this adds that you want to at least convey this news to your family. And even that is not allowed. So one is you want them to come and share with your blessings, i.e. in the barzakh. You're respectfully told not to <laughs> request this. And you are then asking, can I at least convey the news to my family? And note again, because they say rest. Why? Because there's no test to the voice. The test is obviously in this world. So notice, once you pass, you start thinking of others. Or during the interrogation, of course, the matter is so severe, you're thinking of only yourself. And he mentions that your grave fills with greenery until Qiyamat. It turns into a meadow, i.e. until the day of resurrection. And what's interesting, when people want to have a break from the hustle and bustle, where do they go? They go to places of greenery, just to relax, i.e. to get their, you know, to recharge the batteries. They go for a picnic, they go to the you know, places of nature, the reserves. So look how interesting. You can use that also by way of saying that this is a place for you to now relax. <coughs> uh, because of course the day of resurrection is still you know, appointed. So note again the very interesting similarities mentioned uh, in the hadith of the Prophet. So this is the believer. So now let's turn to the unbeliever. What happens to this unfortunate? So in a hadith, in Abu Dawood Ahmad and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah states Sahih in Sahih or targhib number 3558. Sayyidina Al-Bara ibn Azib radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa a caller from the heavens calls out, spread for him furnishings from the fire and open for him a door to the fire. Astaghfirullah. Those its heat and fierce hot wind reaches him and his grave is tightened around him causing his ribs to break. So stop in the report. So the believer is given the furnishings of paradise. The opposite is now happening to the unbeliever. He is given the furnishings from the fire. Now think about that. When you think of fire, do you think of furnishings? Of course not. Fire destroys everything. Yet there are furnishings. So whatever it is, don't ask me what it is, that is placed in the grave of the unbeliever. If that wasn't all, a door opens from the fire and the blasting heat enters. So the grave is furnished with the furnishings of hell and the heat of hell enters. If that wasn't all, then the grave tightens. So this is very important. This is not the initial squeezing. That's already happened. This squeezing which causes the ribs to break is now the punishment. So the grave crushes and his ribs break. Then the Prophet said, Thereupon before him appears a man with a repulsive face repulsive clothing and a foul smell. He says, I bring you bad news that will displease you. Indeed, this is the day that you were promised. 
He responds, bad news from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon you too. Who are you? Your face indeed is one that brings evil. He says, I am your malicious deeds. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I only knew you slow in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and quick in disobeying him. Fajazakallahu sharra. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repay you with what is worst. Astaghfirullah. So stop in the report. So how does this work? If a person's being roasted by the fire, the grave is crushed him, his ribs break, how can he rationally be in sense now? In any sense. So again, we can't use worldly matters here. The Prophet said it, we accept it. So even though he's getting all that, he still has the faculties to see a man who's extremely foul. Everything about him is foul. And when he sees him, the man says, I, the foul man, I bring you bad tidings. This is the day you were promised. And the man who's getting punished, he says, may blood, bad tidings be upon you. Your face brings evil. And what does he say he is? He goes, I am your sins. You were slow in obeying Allah, quick in disobeying him. Then he says, Fajazakallahu sharra. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repay you with what is worst. So think about that. His sins are manifested and his sins, even though he committed, <laughs> does a bad dua. He goes, Fajazakallahu sharra. May Allah ta'ala give you evil. Then the Prophet said, Thereupon a blind, deaf and dumb person is appointed for him. He carries in his hand a sledgehammer that if it hits a mountain, it would turn to dust. He hits him with it once and he instantly becomes dust. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then restores him as he was. And the person hits him again. He emits a shriek that is heard by everything on earth except the men and the jinn. A door is then opened for him to the fire and he is given from the fire's furnishings. He then says, Rabbi la tuqimis O Lord, do not launch the hour. So let's look at the ending of the report. So, why does Allah the Almighty and Glorious send some being that is blind, deaf and dumb? I to strike him. So the obvious response is, how can he have pity? He doesn't know what destruction he's got, what strength he's got, he's blind. He can't hear the agony and he can't speak. So that the Allah has taken away those senses. So when he's striking, He's oblivious. He only knows the command is given for you to strike. Like you, you know, imagine if it was a human being, for instance, and he's blind, he's deaf, and he's dumb. So you manage to communicate to him. Here's a hammer. When I give the command, strike. So he'll do it. But does he know who he's doing it to? No. Does he know how much strength he's got? No. So here the Prophet said, this is this. It's probably an angel, but he doesn't mention. And how powerful is his 
strength, how much strength does he possess? One strike of that sledgehammer turns a mountain to dust. So think about that. You know, if you put that in the equivalent of TNT, how much TNT is needed to turn a mountain to dust? You know, are you talking a nuclear weapon, right? Atomic bomb? Normal TNT is not going to turn into dust. It'll rumble it, make it into rubble possibly. That's about it. So one strike turns it to dust. Imagine. And then instantly he's restored. He strikes him again. Look how interesting. This time he shrieks. Now why doesn't he shriek the first time? Because he doesn't know what hit him. Right? Now he knows what's coming second time. So he shrieks. And then the Prophet says something very interesting. He shriek is heard by everything except men and jinn. Now what does that mean? So if you take it literally, that would mean that anything on the surface of the earth that is not from the men and the jinn would hear the shriek. But can we take it literally? And the answer is no. And there's another proof why. So there's a report in Sayyid Muslim where the Prophet he's traveling on a camel I believe with some of the companions on their camels. And he's, as he's traversing past a certain area, his camel almost throws him off. But he manages to, you know, control the camel. And then he says to the companions, after the pause, he said, I was going to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you could hear the agonies of the punishment of the grave. But I realized that you would stop burying your dead. So this is the rough meaning of the hadith. So let's look at this. So were the companions walking behind the Prophet? No. They had camels. Did their camels also throw them off? And the answer is no. So why did the Prophet's camel almost throw him off? Because his camel heard the punishment of the grave. So what does this clearly indicate? When the Prophet said, everything on earth except men and jinn hear the shriek is depending upon the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't take it literally, otherwise all the camels would have heard it. And of course, from our own experiences, when we go to the graveyard, what do we notice? <coughs> we see a person sometimes walking his dog. His dog looks none the wiser. Why isn't he hearing the punishment of the grave? You see birds, crows, you know, magpies sitting even on a tombstone. What's going on there? The response is they can't hear it. But notice every now and again what happens. A dog just starts barking, going berserk, and the owner's like running after it. Or you see birds just suddenly, you know, flutter into the air as if they've seen something. Right? So these are, again, the outward manifestations which people have seen. Aye? But don't forget the hadith should not be taken absolutely literally. And notice the jinn, even with their capabilities, they can't hear it. Then the Prophet said, the fire, a door is open and he is given further furnishings from the fire. And then the man says in desperation, Rabbi la Lord, do not launch the hour. Meaning, oh my God, if this is, like you say, starters, 
What's going to happen with the main event? So he's making a dua. Don't allow the hour to strike. So all of this is authentic. Imagine. So when a person says, what happens to an unbeliever in the grave? Your response should be, do you really want to know? Right? And when you say that, then that even tempts them even further. Because yes, we'd like to know. But there's another report. It adds details. In Sayyid Muslim, number 2872, Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in Hidayatul Ruwah number 126 and 135. Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, A door then appears from his grave towards paradise and he views its grandeur and what pleasures it contains. He is told, Look at that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deprived you of. This could have been your abode. And this is the pleasure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepared for you had you obeyed him. This adds to his regret and remorse. So if that wasn't enough stopping the report, what I've just mentioned, he's now being given psychological torture. Right? He goes, look at this. So imagine you see paradise. Now he realizes what he's lost. Now, you know, I've heard it, somebody's told me about it. He sees it. And what's strange is he might not have even believed in paradise. He might be an atheist. But what a rude awakening this is going to be. And then what happens? He's not just shown it. He shows him everything he would have indulged in. So think about it. What are we looking forward to? To enjoy in paradise? The list is, you know, you can imagine you've all got your list. Imagine being shown it and said, none of that is yours now. It would have been yours. So imagine what state this person's in. Complete wreck. Then the Prophet said, Another opening appears towards the fire. And he sees his various sections crushing one another. He is told, This will be your abode. And this is what Allah has in store for you. So he's actually shown now where he's heading towards. This further adds to his regret and remorse. Then the Prophet said, A door is then opened from his grave to hell. And he is hit a blow that can be heard by every creature except human beings and jinns. So what is this blow? The door opens. Something strikes him from hell. It's so ferocious. Everybody can hear it. The Prophet said, Except the humans and the jinn. He is then told, Namkana yanamul manhush. Go to sleep like a person bitten by insects and serpents. So is that asleep? This indicates that he's now being bit by the serpents of hell and the insects. So when a person's poisoned, can he go to sleep? That's the last thing on his mind. So he's nevertheless told that by way of insult. He goes, rest if you can. Namkana yanamun manhush. Sleep like a person bit. The earth is then told. Al-tami'i ali. Contract on him. It contracts on him until his ribs break. Thus his punishment continues therein. 
until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises him from that abode. This is the ma'ishatu danka, the miserable life which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions and he recited. Surah Taha, Surah 20, verse 124. وَمَنْ أَعْرَدَ أَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةٌ دَنْقَى وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى And whoever turns away from my remembrance, indeed he will live a miserable life. And on the day of judgment, we will assemble him blind. So this is a sahih hadith. So again, his ribs break, the earth contracts, and then the Prophet said something very interesting. Said so he goes, "This is ma'ishatum danka. This is the miserable life." So imagine somebody says this person's living a miserable life. So obviously, in even in a worldly sense, what does that mean? It means that you know he's in a bad state. The Prophet said, Allah Ta'ala mentions a miserable life. Where? Surah 20 verse 124. And who lives that miserable life? Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ أَنْ ذِكْرِي Whoever turns away from my remembrance, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةٌ دَنْكَ He will have a miserable life. What is this miserable life? The grave. He's not talking about the world, even though a person who's not remembering his Lord does live a miserable life. He doesn't find the contentment or, or purpose. He's jumping from one thing to another, trying to get some, you know, uh, serenity, but he never gets it. But the Quran is referring to the grave. And how does Allah describe the grave? danka, The miserable life. Then the Quran says, وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى and on the day of judgment, we will raise him blind. So imagine after all of that, how many thousands of years has Firon been being punished? 3,000, 4,000? No idea. How many years has, you know, think of the Kofar and Namrud, whatever his name is, right, being punished? After all of that, when they resurrect, they're blind. So look at the humiliation taking place. 50,000 years, you can't, you don't even know what's happening. I'm blind. And the Quran then goes on to mention that the person goes, why have you raised me blind when you gave me sight? Then Allah mentions, because you turned away from my remembrance. So now, how interesting is that? Allah describes the life in the grave as miserable. So there are so many countless souls now in their graves living this miserable life. Awudu Billah. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his wrath. Amen. And adding details. In Sayyid Bukhari, in five places, number 86, number 184, number 922, 1053, 7287, Sayyid Muslim, number 905. Asma, radiyallahu. She relates that our beloved messenger said, he is told, this will be your place in the fire. And then a beast is let loose on him in his grave, holding a whip as thick as a camel's rope, with its tip made of burning coal. The beast strikes him as much as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills. And this beast, 
is deaf and cannot hear him so as to show him mercy. Look at these amazing reports. So where's this report? Right? Bukhari and Muslim. So you know, it's one of those reports you think it doesn't sound like a hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. Check it out. So is there any doubt to this? So what did the Prophet say? That a beast is let loose. What's this? Right? It's come out of hell. So it's not a normal creation. And what did the Prophet say? It's holding a whip as thick as a camel's rope. So the a whip is normally quite thin. Camel's rope is like you can get your hand around it. Your, you know, your whole hand can hold the rope of a camel. That's the thickness of the whip. And the tip of it is made of burning coal, but don't forget, from the fire. So what part of the whip causes the pain? It's the tip. If a person is an expert, that's why you get the cracking of the whip at the end. But the normal whip is just rope. The end of this whip, which causes the damage, is a coal of the fire. The Prophet said, he starts striking. Then he said, this beast is deaf, it cannot hear him, as to show him mercy. Allah Ta'ala has taken away some of its senses, so he doesn't show mercy to you. Astaghfirullah. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he relates, that our beloved messenger said, a door is then opened towards paradise, and he tells him, this could have been your abode, had you believed in your Lord, but because you disbelieved, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has substituted it for you with this. And a door is open towards the fire. The angel then strikes him with the club. A blow that is heard by all of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except for the two large communities. Thaqalim. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Bazar on Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in As-Sahihah number 3394. So this adds an interesting detail. This report mentions it's an angel. So is the beast described in the other report the same? The answer is no. Because here it mentions this angel has a club. It's not a whip. And the club he strikes with. The pain is felt. And the shriek can be heard by all except the thaqalain. So what does thaqalain mean? Thakalain means the two large communities. In Surah Ar-Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it Thakalain. If you take it literally, Thakalain means heavy. Whoever's scales are heavy, Thakulat, then he will live a life of ease, of, of blessing. Thakalain means they're heavy. So why are they called heavy? Because they have great responsibilities, the jinn and mankind. The rest of creation just dies. Does that say? So Allah Ta'ala describes it as Thakalain. And the Prophet here used the same words of Allah. All of the Thakalain, none of them can hear it. Everything else can. So note whether it's a beast that comes out of the fire or whether it's an angel. It's not as if, you know, you have an easy way. Either way, you're being severely punished. And to add, in Sayyid Bukhari, number 1388, Sayyid Muslim, number 2870, and also in Abu Dawud Ahmad, and graded Sayyid in Sayyid Al-Jami, number 1930, 
Sayyidina Anas Messenger said, He then hits him with an iron club between his ears and he emits a shriek that is heard by all creation around him except the thakalin. So another detail is added. The club is not made of wood. It's made of iron. The other detail, where does it strike you? Between the ears. That means right in your forehead. Right? Smashes you. And you let off such a shriek, everything can hear it except the two large communities. So what image do you get? You get the image that this is a pit of hell. And that is exactly what the Prophet said. The grave is either a garden of paradise or a pit of hell. And he even said, I have not seen anything more frightening than the scene of the grave. This is a Dhirmadi authentic hadith. So a person gets confused over that hadith. Because isn't hell more frightening? And the response is, it is hell. The grave becomes hell, so there's no contradiction. But the grave is the outpost, meaning you are now going to get even more severe punished as time elapses. Astaghfirullah. And not all of that for what? For those few moments in this world, this musty. Well done. You know, had a good innings. Think about it. If you think about it, what a, you know, what a wretched investment. What a foolish person that he sacrificed eternity. For what? Imagine, at the same time, inshallah, the believers, what a wise investment. You've got eternity of pleasure. For what? And yet when we're living through it, we don't realize how short the time period is. One of the scholars gave the example of Ramadan. Because when you're actually going through the month of Ramadan, it feels quite slow. But when it finishes, what does everybody say? Fish and fowl. What happened? So look how strange. When you're going through it, slow. When it finishes, I didn't do what I could, I, you know, I should have done more. Sounds like your life, brother. Right? So note again, the analogies, this is why Allah has put these things on the earth so you can reflect. But only those with intellects will. Astaghfirullah. So all I mentioned today was now predominantly the outcome of the trial of the unbeliever. What is awaiting them? Astaghfirullah. And note again, if it wasn't from the Prophet you would think this is too much. But all of this is an absolute reality. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa atubu alayhi min ashtu subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzati yamma isifun assalamu ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillah ala al-mursaleen walasr inna sallallahu fi khusr alladhina amanu wa amalu al-salihat wa rasbi al-haq wa rasbi al-sabr salakallahu alayhi